take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And you are going to hear stuff here that you just don't hear anyplace else. I'm a libertarian. I don't have a knee-jerk left or right reaction. I uh, believe in such small government, I would rather have uh, uh, pure capitalism, true liberty, than uh, upload all of my rights and money and everything to a government whose interests are often not aligned with mine. And uh, I think that we tend to think that what you see is what you get and uh, that what you're hearing from the media is they're giving you uh, a true picture of how things are, whether it's from an ideological position of left or right. I think it's worse than that. I think they are trying to influence us in favor of policies that they want that are not necessarily in the interests of the American people. Um, That's generally the backdrop. Today we're talking about the Iran deal and I, uh, uh, the Iran deal is a, a pretty limited um, scope in what it's supposed to do. We had UN implemented sanctions in 2006 against Iran because Iran refused to eliminate its uranium enrichment program. It was enriching uh, uranium to 20% for its second generation reactors, 85% is needed for nuclear weapons. This deal gets them, um, there's a lot of provisions to it, but it gets them down to enriching only to 3.67%, which they can only use in first-generation reactors, and in return, the sanctions, whose purpose was just that, uh, are being lifted. Now, do I think it gets Iran closer to a nuclear weapon? No, I don't. Do I think that it gives them more uh, economic stability and influence? Yes, I do. And I think that's what people don't like about it. Not that um, it's a uh, hands Iran a nuclear weapon on a silver platter. I think that there's a little bit of dishonesty going on there, but it's still worth talking about. I'm going to go to Adam and coming. Adam, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, I'm afraid that this, uh, I, I'm not going to debate the specifics of, of, of the thing because I, like you say, I've not read the, the document itself. Um, what I would like to take up is the idea that um, Israel is not happy with it. Um, Israel has been highly critical of it um, in public eye. Um, I think what is probably going to happen is uh, I, I'm afraid that this is going to be, this is the linchpin, if you would, um, not to be a chicken little, if you uh, would pardon the expression. But, um, you know, when we don't defend Israel, they defend themselves. And when they do it, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty severe. I believe this is the foreign policy equivalent to a restraining order, and that there's just not enough teeth to satisfy Israel. I believe Israel is going to drop the big one on Iran. I believe 
when that happens, they will uh, that that will immediately draw in Russia and Pakistan and Turkey and China um, for the same for the simple fact that they get so much um, so much of a financial gain from Iran, and of course that will draw us in. Uh, I, I think that this is. I think this is the foreign policy linchpin, if you would, for uh, seeing a catastrophic uh, war. That's really interesting, Adam. I'm going to address that. I'm going to let you go because I'm going to play some clips that I think uh, actually support what you're saying, that there is uh, there are elements who actually want war. Um, you're saying Israel, but the, what I'm going to play you is here in this country. I'm going to play a couple of clips. Uh, the, it's a guy whose name is Patrick Clausen. He's the head director of research at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, which is an extremely influential think tank. Its board of advisors include the following people. This is just a, a, a piece of that list. Henry Kissinger, Joe Lieberman, Richard Pearl, who was Assistant Secretary of Defense under Reagan, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State George Shultz, James Woolley, former CIA director, uh, Mort Zuckerman, the publisher of U.S. News and World Report. I mean, these are influential people on the board of advisors of this Washington Institute. And only a couple of years ago, I think it was 2012, Patrick Clausen, who was the director of research then, is still the director of research, so it's not like he went rogue and they repudiated what he said. He was in a Q&A, and, and you can find the whole um, segment is like seven minutes long. It's in my on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, in the glossary under, I think, um, Rahm Emanuel Doctrine, something like that. He is talking about here, I'm going to play two clips for you. He is talking about uh, the that... If their goal that it's it, it, that they're talking about whether or not they um, should or could start a war with Iran, and he goes on to list off false flag events, provocations, downright fabrications as historical methods of starting a war, and uh, and then so that's the first clip. I'm going to play that. Really listen to what this guy is saying. Um, uh, here, let's listen to Clausen clip one. I frankly think that crisis initiation is really tough. And it's very hard for me to see how the United States uh, president can get us to war with Iran. Um, which leads me to conclude that if, in fact, compromise is not coming, that the traditional way of Amer America gets to war is what would be best for U.S. interests. Uh, some people might think that Mr. Roosevelt wanted to get us into World War II, as David mentioned. You may recall we had to wait for Pearl Harbor. Some people might think Mr. Wilson wanted to get us into World War I. You may recall he had to wait for the Lusitania episode. Some people might think that Mr. Johnson wanted to send troops to Vietnam. You may recall he had to wait for the Gulf of Tonkin episode. Uh, we didn't go to war with Spain until the USS, uh, yes. until the Maine exploded. And may I point out, that Mr. Lincoln did not feel he could call out the Federal Army until Fort Sumter was attacked, which is why he ordered the commander at Fort Sumter to do exactly that thing which the South Carolinians had said would cause an attack. So if, in fact, the Iranians aren't going to compromise, it would be best if somebody else started the war. <laughs> 
See, people were laughing at that because he was being kind of funny. But the reality is geopolitics goes much deeper than what you read, even in the most uh, sophisticated mainstream publications that there's there are uh, that these people, this is an extremely respected think tank. Uh talking about how to provoke war with Iran. And then uh, there's one more clip from him that from that same Q&A session uh, where he kind of puts a, a finer point on it. Uh, let's listen to Clausen clip two. Uh, but I would just like to suggest that uh, uh, one can combine other means of pressure with sanctions. Uh, I mentioned that explosion uh, on August 17th. Uh, we could step up the pressure. I mean, look, people, Iranian submarines periodically go down. Someday one of them might not come up. Who would know why? <laughs> we can do a variety of things if we wish to increase the pressure. I'm not advocating that, but I'm just suggesting that uh, it, it, it's, this, this is not a, a either-or proposition of, you know, it's just sanctions has to, has to succeed or other things. We are in the game of using covert means against the Iranians. We, we could get nastier at that. So that was Patrick Clausen from the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, board of directors, board of advisors, I should say, of that, Kissinger, Lieberman, Richard Pearl, Condi Rice, George Schultz, James Woolsey, Mort Zuckerman. These are prominent Americans who, that guy was the director of research then, he's the director of research now, they did not repudiate it. And if I can hear it, if you can hear it, People all over the world hear that, and they uh, and and that undermines our moral authority in the world to um, try to create stable situations in threatening areas. And I think it's naive to think that uh, it's that to trust what our leaders tell us to think about these things. Read this document. Read the agreement with Iran, and decide for yourself if you think it gets them further or closer to nuclear war, and if if that's really what. The goal is here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK-THIS-IS Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The heat is going to continue into the beginning of the work week. The high on Monday is estimated at 95, but that could change. So listen to Weekend Weather on WSB, brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I'm going to go straight to calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We're talking about the Iran deal. I'm going to Peter in Duluth. Hi, Peter. You're on with Monica. Uh, hi, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Hope you're having a great summer. Thank you. You too. All right. I, I'm all for the deal. I hope that it works. I just want to make sure that we understand who we are dealing with here. We have to remember that Iran is a country that sponsored state terrorism. They fund Hezbollah, who are based in Lebanon, that throw bombs and try to sabotage the Israeli government. They hit America. Last week in Tehran, they had a special holiday where they burn American flags and Israeli flags and chant out in the streets, death to America. So I think we should be really aware of who we are dealing with and uh, embrace for you know a very 
AC scenario. I am. I am. I assume that every other country is uh, not an ally. That we should have a defensive foreign policy completely, unless you have. You know, they they used to call it continentalism. Like you really have to care about the people you share a border with. And you can be very insulated from people outside that. And I do uh, go for that. Did you hear the clips I played by Patrick Clausen about wanting yes, to initiate war with Iran? Like, what do you think about that? I what? Think, I think it was right on. I know that people were laughing towards the end because it was funny, but it was right on. So you think me. that it's a good idea to initiate war with Iran? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm all for peace and love. I don't think, I think most, most Americans are also for all peace and love. And I will not agree with your point on that all countries are not allies. We have to be uh, concerned about uh, what, what happens around the world, but we have allies. And the Middle East, Israel, is our ally. Europe, is our, where, I'm, where I'm from, is our ally, by and large. I'm thinking more in the the George Washington's farewell address was we are in a unique geographical position that we don't have to get involved in those wars that Europe always was involved in. If we keep to ourselves, we have this naturally defensive position. If we have economic liberty, prosperity will also ensure our peace. So we have to think hard about, yes, there are allies if we want to engage in other continents' issues. Now, that makes people say you're isolationist, but I'm not isolationist. I want always to uh, trade freely. I don't like these trade deals. I think they're world government, little uh, eggs of world government, but real free trade, real good um, interaction. There's a lot more to talk about. i got to take a break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, talking about the Iran deal in a nutshell. The uh, deal is six countries signed on to it, U.S., U.K., France, Germany, China, and Russia, that uh, sanctions would be lifted, UN sanctions from 2006, which were designed to get uh, Iran to agree to stop enriching uranium. The this deal has Iran agreeing to stop enriching enriching uranium to 20 percent, which they have been using in their second generation reactors to take those offline, and just enrich uranium to 3.67 percent for their first generation reactors, which they will phase out over 10 years. And then we'll probably end up with the state of the art stuff because they are allowed to continue R&D on that. Uh, And then in return, the sanctions are lifted because the sanctions were for that. And if they agree to not do it anymore, then, you know, the sanctions either weren't really for that or they should be lifted. So that's the narrow scope of this agreement. But it has broad implications uh, about power in the Middle East. And we just heard before the break some clips from an extremely well-respected and influential think tank, the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, 
uh, who has Kissinger, Condoleezza Rice, a lot of people on its board of advisors, and their director of research uh, just a couple of years ago, um, he's still the director of research, advocating uh, initiating a crisis with Iran, trying to start a war with Iran through cur- covert means, including false flags, provocations, fabrications, uh, anything necessary. That was, he said he was not advocating that, but that you had to, if you wanted to start a crisis with Iran, you had to uh, acknowledge that the way to do that were these covert means. So there's definitely stuff going on behind the scenes, and I'm not sure that the the goal is really peace, but just what they call straight power concepts in the Middle East. And that that's what the discussion needs to be about. Is it okay to start a war with a country because they threaten you or your allies? That's preemptive war. As a libertarian, I can't advocate preemptive war. It's it it requires too much trust in your government to say you have to strike somebody before they strike you, like Iraq. I actually accepted the official government story that they they knew stuff we didn't know and that uh, Hussein had to go. They, it was an imminent threat to us. And really, for all the the dollars and blood and poor wounded soldiers that came back from Iraq and the situation's worse over there now, uh, I, I just don't have faith in them that violating what seems to be the laws of self-defense is justifiable. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Mohammed in Atlanta. Mohammed, you're on with Monica. Yes, Monica, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? Um, I was listening to you, and I, I believe what you're saying about the, about the uh, nuclear deal. But a lot of people here in the United States, no matter what, what you say, you can talk blue in your face, they're not going to believe you. And because they have it already set in their hearts what they believe, that Iran is this, this, this state that's, that's, that's a terrorist state and this, that, and the other. And it's not. It, it really isn't. Uh, I'm a Sunni Muslim, and I'm a convert. And the person that converted me, uh, took me to my Shahada and stayed with me, was an Iranian Shia. Okay? And I know a lot of Iranians. And they're very lovely people. And they're honest. Most Muslims are honest. And the reason why, because we answer for our sins. <laughs> you know? And, and the belief in God is so much is that anything that you do wrong, you answer for it, okay? And uh, from what I hear on a, a lot of Americans, if you don't know someone, how can you judge that person? If you don't know these people, how can you judge them? I think Iranians are more honest than the average American. Than the average American. And um, it's just that Americans... They, they, they assume a lot about different people, uh, about, we, we assume a lot about each other, but we don't really get to try to know one another. And My position, Mohammed, is I'm an individualist. I've never been very good at judging people based on their groups. I can only, if, if a million people were exactly the same and one person was different, I just would not judge that one person based on the entire group. I, it's not even possible for me to do that. I really am very one-on-one like that. And I've never been to Iran. 
I don't know. Right. But but I will say that our policies over there, I do not think they are actually in the strictly best interests of the American citizen who pays for it, who gives the government all their authority. I feel like, like, take it from the beginning, take Masonic, the the prime minister of Iran in the 1950s, democratically elected, wanted to nationalize the oil, which I would totally object to because I'm not a socialist, but we conducted a coup and killed people and got him out of office and put the Shah in. I mean, that is not was not for us. That was for BP. Well, we did the same thing in Vietnam to Dean. We killed him. We assassinated, had him assassinated. I, I've read. I, I don't think there's any disputing that from what I've read. I mean, I haven't. The, the problem is you have to learn. You have to believe what you you have to assess what you read. And there's so much disinformation out there. But even I think even JFK acknowledged that. I don't I don't think he was in on it. I don't think he thought I think he thought they were going to evacuate them, but they killed them instead. Right. Uh, but it's but see, it, yes, I'm it's. A veteran. I'm a veteran yeah. back in the Vietnam era, okay, and we're still carrying on the same attitude that we did back then. You know, we have a government that's not for the people, but for other people. Okay, they're, they're for yeah. the people that are really controlling this country. Okay, and uh, uh, we we go and we vote. I don't vote because I'm, I'm like, well, really. You know, my say so doesn't really mean much. Okay. Well, you could vote for like a third party. I just gave up on the on the um, on this type of democracy. The two party system, I do think, is a sham here. But you could register your protest to the two party system by voting for a third party, Ron Paul. But anyway, go ahead, finish up, Mohammed. I'm gonna. Okay, but see, what I'm saying is, is is this. We have problems in the Middle East because the, the America, America has problems in the Middle East because it continues, continuously, continuously supports one country, and that's Israel. And who stole the bomb from us in the first place? Israel. Okay. I think we spread the weapons around. I think we like to keep the conflict up because we have such a powerful military-industrial complex. That too, and it makes money, and it makes money. But the thing is, is this. I mean, we gave the bomb to the Soviets on purpose, from what I can tell. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the problem is, is that we like conflict. Like, I just heard the gentleman on the, on, the, on the radio say, oh, yeah, we need to put boots on the ground. But we did that, okay, and it destabilized the whole region. That's why you have ISIS now. Right, but if we had not intervened, it would have been a more a more stable thing, and we wouldn't have had to kill those people. Those boots are attached to people who die. And I'm not a pacifist. I'm, I believe in self-defense. I, I, if everybody in the whole world had a gun, I think that there would be a safer place. I mean that. Um, but you have to think about if you're actually trying to make it a safer place. Uh, thanks, Mohammed. I'm going to Don in Atlanta. Don, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, wow. Uh, listening to that was pretty incredible. Uh, I, I do trust what the Iranians say, that they want to kill America and kill Israel, death to Israel, death to America, in, part, in their parliament, in their government. Their government officials say that. And we have to trust that, because that's what they say. Now, if you think them having a bomb is a good thing, 
Dan, trust what they say. That's no, I think they're having a bomb is a bad thing. Do you think this deal gets them closer to getting a bomb? Uh, yes. Uh, How? I, I think because it relaxes the posture of everything that we've done to try to... Try to uh, all we have to do is look at North Korea. And we're gonna hold on, hold on. That same thing happened. The, the North Korean agreement was way different. It was bilateral. They had already said they were not going to, they were pulling out of the non-proliferation treaty. They already had nuclear capabilities. That was a desperate move. It did not have the kind of surveillance. The North Korea comparison, I think, is not valid. Um, and I think that the, that the nuclear uh, weapons will not be, created uh for like 10 or 15 years because of this agreement and if you just continue with the pressure that you want to the sanctions and stuff iran will pivot to the east i think this was a a move at the last possible minute to to keep iran from pivoting to russia and just blowing up any power we might have for sanctions and other you know i think we we really had no choice as how i'm my gut is so we just kick the can to the next generation 15 years from now we just kick the can to them because I guarantee you, when they get close to having a bomb, Israel will take matters in its own hands. Yeah, that is what people say, and I don't think we're we're necessarily kicking the can. I think a lot changes in ten or fifteen years, and we bought ten or fifteen years where uh, we will have a lot of access to their sites. I got to take a break. Uh, I'll finish up right after this. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So we are wrapping it up. Uh, You definitely do not hear what I have to say anywhere else. And that causes uh, some lively debate, let's say. But this was particularly lively. I have a lot of resources, clips, stuff like that, that I think you might want to check out. So this time, when I post my podcast on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, I usually post that Monday or Tuesday, I'll include show notes and my resources, my references, because my position on this Iran deal is that the controversy is not that Iran is going to get nukes as a result of it, but that Iran will have... um, Uh, more stability, more standing, more influence in the Middle East. And that's a much deeper implication uh, than just this one-off agreement. It's going to have ripple effects. So I do continue this conversation during the week on Facebook, on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, Stay tuned to weekend weather on WSB. It is hot. It's going to be hot at the beginning of the week. It's down to 82 degrees outside the studio, but it's going to be super hot on Monday. And uh, the weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And also, uh, don't forget that the Aflac, uh, the WSB Carathon, which benefits the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorders Center at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, that starts first thing Monday morning. And get ready because it is such a wonderful event that WSB raises so much for this great, great organization. I am going to call in uh, to the Dave Baker is going to be doing the Carathon at midnight. So the end of programming Monday, first thing Tuesday morning, 12 a.m. I'm going to give him a call. We always have lots of fun. And when it's super late like that, you can let your hair down, let's say. So tune into that and... Um, I'll be back next week, Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.